Strike, O mighty one, our sacrifice begins. We commence. Spellberg, a podcast about the Dungeon Crawl Classics role-playing game. It's time to party like it's 1974. Hey everyone, I'm Judge Jeff, and with me today is Judge Jen. Good evening. Judge Julian. Hello. And today we have a special guest here to help us answer your emails. You may know her from Blades Against Bandwidth, DCC College, or that time she killed all four of your level zero characters at Gen Con. We have with us today, Judge Haley Sketch. Hello, hello. Hey, Haley, welcome to the show. So we're going to go ahead and start by heading on over to the tavern. Welcome, friends. Good to see you. I only had one drink to calm my nerves. And give her a drink of your most expensive. Tavern talk. Well, here we are in the tavern, and um, before we have a pint, I guess we should check everybody's IDs. Is everyone here 21 and over? (laughs) I um, I mean, if we weren't on air, I I could actually do some... No, 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 we're not going to engage in illegal activity on air. (laughs) Totally, I totally am over 21. (laughs) Well, that's just Gatorade, so that's fine. (laughs) So, Haley, before we kind of just get into what we've been doing in um, these past few weeks, like you're, you've you've been a figure in the DCC convention community for a while now. How long has it been? Um, I think my first convention was GaryCon three, mm-hmm. and I've been going to every GaryCon and GenCon since then. And we're coming up on thirteen. So yeah, we're coming up on so. Yeah. 10 years of conventions, I'm going to say. Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Amazing. Yeah, yep, it's yep. great. It's great. And you are a killer DCC judge, and we're happy to have you here to answer some emails with us today. I'm very excited to be here. So, Haley, what have you been up to in gaming these past, like, I don't know, two or three weeks? Um, Lots of Blades Against Bandwidth when not all of us are sick and out of commission. <laughs> um, and in between that, planning the DCC holiday special. Ooh, tell us all about that. So the DCC holiday special, it looks like it's going to be December 17th, uh, hopefully after game therapy. And um, we are going to be having on some DCC well-known faces that everyone would love to get a chance to talk with, catch up with about life and gaming, as well as members of the audience are going to be in and out bouncing around the call. Very cool. So this will be happening over on the Goodman Games Twitch stream. So if you go to twitch.tv slash Goodman Games Official, is that correct? Sounds right. Yeah, so keep an eye out for that. Um, I, I I will likely be helping um, Judge Haley out that evening, and we'll, we would love to chat with you guys. So come on by, uh, chat with us in the Twitch stream chat, hop into the Zoom call, chat with us and all the other voices that you'll be hearing in the program. That sounds fun and chaotic. It's. I'm very excited for it. I still have to, to email a lot of people, but I'm very excited for it. I feel like DCC at its best is when you combine the words fun and chaotic. Yeah, I think I think that's DCC described. I didn't mean to be <laughs> redundant. Is it, is it uh, <laughs> Thursday the 17th? Is that right? 
that is the set date so far. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I'll put it in this, I'll put this drops, the you Twitch. may have enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if not, I'll put the Twitch in the show notes. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll try to get this out before that. Cool. Well, Julian, what have you been up to? Uh, not a ton of stuff, a lot of work, 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 but, um, have been doing, um, some gaming, of course, and, uh, did run some games at FlipCon last weekend, which was a fundraiser, a democratic, uh, Senate race fundraiser for the state of Georgia. We, uh, oh. ran two games, a gumshoe game, kind of gothic, uh, sort of, uh, a gothic romance game, if you will. And then a Sunday night, my DCC MCC mashup kind of sandbox game uh, we ran. And uh, with speaking of familiar faces, we had Laura Williams there as well as oh, fun. Uh, Mike Nato and uh, my, my pals, uh, Heather and Matt here locally and Dave. Uh, oh, sorry, not Dave, but, um, and a new friend, Bart, um, who joined us. So yeah, it was, that was a fun game. Um, and Julian, what did you do to get Laura out of her shell? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, she's so <laughs> introverted. I really, I really had to, you know, get in there at the tweezers and, uh, try to pull her out. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, uh, no, she was, she was a lot of fun. Uh, she was playing a shaman of Gaia and, uh, well, anyway, yeah, we had, we had a good, we had a great time. We made about, uh, I did some matching contributions, but between the both games, we made about 400 bucks. So that was fun. Awesome. And uh, that's really cool. Brendan ran some games. Well, I don't know if I'm even supposed to talk to stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, but it was good. It was uh, gaming for a pretty good cause. Not an official Goodman thing, obviously, nor am I an official Goodman thing either. But Blah, blah, blah. This show isn't an official Goodman thing. We can talk about whatever we want. That's right. <laughs> We well Amen. we are we are the sixty minutes of DCC okay so um, no not in any way shape or form no uh, it was a good time and uh, other than that almost nothing just uh, getting ready for my next uh, city of the damned game awesome Jen what have you been up to you know I've been flipping back through my calendar trying to figure out what I've been up to for the past two or three weeks and the majority of it seems to be seminars and CPEs so a whole lot of boring crap. Uh, the one spark of happy has been, um, gosh, I think we only got one Shutter Mountains game in, in the past three weeks, which is kind of sad. Um, a lot of our crew has neither been restricted or, uh, waylaid, laid low by all of the ick going around. Um, but I was also on, um, Brendan's game therapy. I, I believe last week and we're going to be continuing that this week. So looking forward to that. Not a whole lot going on this time around. Sorry. Oh, uh, I guess um trying to help promote the TTRPG pickup con, which is the 18th, 19th and 20th of December, always free and all sorts of different systems. And then I think next up is spawn of Cyclops con and Gary con event reg. And Jen, thank you so much for when I had my mouth full of ice cream and I wasn't ready to speak and you and you were able to continue on. <laughs> that was awesome. That was I was a great looking moment. at my calendar. I'm like, oh, yeah, light bulb. there's other stuff going on. Just because I'm not participating in it doesn't mean I shouldn't promote it. I know Eric Young is going to be running uh, an X-Crawl game over there. Uh, last month, they had a little mini X-Crawl 
uh, tournament between two judges. So it, it's been a lot of fun over there. Is that is that on tabletop events or how is it? Where? No, it's actually just done through the website uh, ttrpgpickupcon.com and go through, look at the events. If you like something, hit the little button that says uh, register to play and he'll send you an email with the password to use to get to the other section of the site and you just tell him what games you want to play. So hmm. he, uh, uh, Ansel is uh, administrating all of it completely on his own using essentially Google Forms. Hmm. And it's working for him. So I, I'm hats off to him. Yeah, amazing. What about uh, you, Jeff? For me, well, um, I've I'm also been doing Blades Against Bandwidth with Haley here. Uh, for those interested in checking that out, that's Brendan LaSalle's weekly game that he runs, weekly D- Dungeon Crawl Classics game. Um, it on is on the, Sundays, right? On Sundays at 5 p.m. EST, um, and usually it's like 5 to 8. It's uh, tremendous fun. I'm also running my weekly Old School Essentials game, um, that's been a blast. And now that I have a little bit of free time or a whole lot of free time for the next six to seven weeks, I've also joined my friend Hoy's weekly Yoon Suen campaign. So I just started up in, um, Yoon Suen, So that's cool. I am playing a, um, an old, um, uh, twisted old woman who is a corpse collector who has a monkey sidekick and a bunch of uh, rainbow spells. So, I don't know. So it should be pretty fun. What kind of system is that? Uh, Yoon Suen is a OSR setting um, that can be used with any kind of OSR-compatible game. Cool. It's a really cool system. I forget the name of the person who wrote it. Julian, do you remember the name of the author of that off the top oh, of your head? Oh, gosh, no. no but... Um... It's been around for several, like four, five, six years. Let me just do a quick. Yeah. Um, I'm sick. It's not new, but it is kind of an OSR baby. And it's something I've always wanted to play. I've owned it for years, but I've never actually played in it. Uh, it's it's like very kind of like Far East inspired. And there's like Slugmen and Crabmen yeah. as playable classes. And- yeah, I, I played in a, in a D&D game that had a... Um, it's just from Noises, Noisem's game, and excuse me, Noisem's games, N O I S M S games. It doesn't list an author um, anywhere oh, okay. that I see, but I played in a D and D campaign um, that used a lot of that setting, an A D and D campaign, and it was blast. It's a really in a very memorable type of different uh, setting. Yeah, it's very unique. Um, so that's been that's been fun. Um, I've only done one session of that so far, but I'm excited about continu- continuing on with that. I also just placed an order with R- Weird Realms, and those who've been listening to the show for a while know that Weird Realms is my favorite um, tabletop RPG game store in America. Period. That just happens <laughs> to be in Cleveland. Um, sadly, due to COVID nineteen, the actual physical location is closed. Um, I'll I will add the words at the moment because in my mind they will be reopening again and things will be beautiful and fantastic but in the interim weird realms does have an online store so i just ordered morkborg and forbidden lands and he'll be delivering those tomorrow so i'm excited to kind of give those a um kind of deep um reading and maybe i'll run some of that stuff during the next few weeks we'll see awesome 
Yeah, so that is our time in the tavern. So if somebody can um, get the check, because I don't feel like paying for it, we can head on over to summon email. Call upon the flame to summon you. Who'll deliver the message for me? I came here to give you these facts. Summon email. All right, here we are. We can start going through these emails. Um, we've got quite a backlog, and Haley is going to help us out. Now, Haley, there's been some debate lately about whether or not we should just read an email and like take our time responding, answer however we want, or if we should have the egg timer and like each person has one minute and we move on. I'm going to ask you, Haley, what is your preference? Oh, gosh. Um, for this episode. For this episode, I would say let's take our time. There's no rush. No rush. You Perfect. Know, I'm young. There's no There's no rush. You <laughs> <laughs> oh, just pinpointed the wow. issue here. Wow. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so, Haley, do you want to go ahead and read our first email? Yes. Uh, this first email is from, oh, I'm going to butcher this last name, Tom Bolenbach. You got it. Uh, greetings, crawlers, amidst chaos. I've noticed that few DCC adventures I've read use secret doors, the Emerald Enchanter being a noticeable exception. Uh, have you noticed this to be true overall? Do you like using secret doors? Is there something in the DCC mindset that pushes design away from their use? And are there other modules that do make greater use of them? I've been considering running the Emerald Enchanter, but because up to now, Secret doors have been pretty much non-existent. My party doesn't think of searching for them. I may just remind them before running the adventure or possibly have a wandering monster burst out of one to remind them that secret doors are a thing. Love the show. Keep on burning. Hmm. I love this question. Um, the Emerald Enchanter was one of the first ones that I actually ran way back in my FLGS campaign days. Um, Tom, I will say that don't tell them anything. Once, if they're actually mapping it out or if you're giving them a map, once they realize there's this area with no way in that's obvious, they'll start looking, especially if you have any old school gamers at your table. Um, if they absolutely miss it, you know, maybe an existing fight in that hallway, a monster pushes a player through said secret door. Even if they miss the area altogether... You know, that that's not on you. That's on them. I'm nodding. I forget people can't see that on a podcast, but I 100 I 100 percent agree. I am, You're so used to the Twitch stuff. Yeah, yeah where you can like nod and agree. Um, I 100 percent agree with this. I I am a mean, mean judge. I will. If players don't notice something that is on them, you should be looking. Look, I was trained, you know, base rules. You always look up You always, the basic rules. And if you're not going to check for secret doors, that is on your players. Well, your your dad did come up with his own death and dismemberment rules, right? Yes. I mean, yes, he's, he he's not exactly <laughs> a cream puff, you know, like <laughs> he's, uh, yeah. So there's that. So you had, you had training from the best. I mean, that's, I, I would, I would say from a, you know, I, I agree with those from a design perspective. Um, I, I, can't think of a lot of prominent secret doors in DCC. I might just not be uh, cycling through that very efficiently right now. But in my adventures, I feature them. And also where I don't feature them, I have maybe important concealed doors. I mean, you can 
actually you can conceal a door just as effectively by putting it behind something as by actually making it secret, you Good know? Good point, yeah. Um, so I, I actually have an encounter where it's just on the other side of the room blocked from the line of eyesight from people who enter by a big statue and people never find it. <laughs> I didn't, I never figured out how challenging that would be until people uh, often failed to find it at all. So it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, there's, um, I, I've never thought of any animosity towards secret doors in the community or the designers, but I can't think of a, classic brendan harley michael secret door right off the bat i can think of two lankmar adventures that have secret doors and only one of them is actually in an urban setting Hmm. well remind me who wrote um the knoll house michael Curtis. Michael Curtis. <clears throat> okay. That one has really fun secret doors. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said that if, <laughs> if anybody's going to end up playing it. No, it's but, great. It's great. But in general, I would say I, I agree that we don't have as many secret doors in uh, DCC RPG adventures. Um, why that is, I, I don't know that I know for sure. But in general, I would say if you're designing your own dungeons, and I would say this is true whether it's for DCC RPG or any other kind of um, kind of trad fantasy role play game. Um, in general, I'd say include secret doors if they're f- if, if if it's if it's fun, um, or like if it like leads to like an optional area. But like if the adventure hinges on you succeeding at your find tr- secret doors role, then that's pretty lame. Yeah, that's not very fun. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's my thought. I'm with you. Cool. Well, Jen, do you want to go ahead and take this next one? The handwriting looks familiar. Yeah, this one comes from our old pal, DM Kojo. Greetings, burners. I really enjoyed episode 98 on curses. Wait, 98? Oh, yeah, we we are way back. Sorry. Uh, This is an area of the core book that I had really not dug into, and I appreciated the review of it. I also have a couple of requests. First, I have burned six points of stamina and four points of agility, which I hope is enough to summon forth the following interviews in the near future. Uh, number one would be the return of Strodor. I would love to hear Harley Strode talk about DCC number 100 whenever that comes down the pipe. Hmm. Number kind two of. would be uh, Jason Vay as the lead designer for DCC Empire of the East. It would be fantastic to hear more about that upcoming setting. Also a great idea. Yeah, wouldn't it, though? Uh, number three would be Dieter Zimmerman. I would love to learn more about his involvement <laughs> in the creation of DCC RPG. Check. Absolutely not. And nope. number four would be Keith the Yeti Labat. I'm curious about what goes on in the magical lands of the Goodman Games warehouse. So, uh, hey, we're halfway there. Uh, my second request stems from episode number 55, where you surfei- surveyed the DCC community in 2017. Oh, my God, way back then. About their favorites and a variety of topics. I would like love to see a follow-up survey and episode now that we are three years removed from said survey. All right, Kojo, you got to stop, dude. Uh, (laughs) Also, in that episode, the judges, Jay, spoke about DCC modules that they had not but were hoping to run. So I'm curious, did Judge Jeff ever get to run the one who watches from below? Did Judge Jen run against the Atomic Overlord yet? Did Judge Julian send his home crew on a journey to the center of Aerith? I would love to hear how those games went if you did get a chance to run them. Thanks for all you do for the DCC community. 
P.S. If that is not enough Spellburn points to summon these awesome guests, I have 13 points of luck I'd be willing to spend, and maybe the halfling can lend a few points to the cause as well. Well, whether or not we were inspired um, actively, or if we had read this and it, it like moved into our subconscious, most of this have come to fruition by this point. At least so half, you're yeah. welcome, DM Kojo. <laughs> um, I have not run the one who watches from below, but we ran through it as players in Blades Against Bandwidth. So I'm excited. I'm glad to have finally experienced that adventure. Jen, did you run the Atomic Overlord? Against the Atomic Overlord? No, I've I've not yet run that one. It's still on the ever-present list. It's kind of like that stack of books to read. <laughs> Julian, have you gone to the center of Aerith? You know, I haven't. And but I have been thinking about something that doing something different that could be fun for Spawn of Cyclops and not require me to do a bunch of work and also maybe be a little sandboxy. So maybe, and then plus people have been, I heard that some scuttlebutt of people complaining that there's not enough high level adventures out there and it, and run at cons and stuff, which this is a fifth level adventure, I think. So maybe that would be kind of a fun, uh, if I recall the adventure, well, you could run the first part of it as kind of a four hour, kind of crawl and then you can do uh, mini sessions at sandboxing around in the adventures. So that could be pretty fun. Uh, Food for thought anyway. Yeah. Against the atomic overlord is much the same Mm. where you could, you could stretch it out to two, maybe three sessions. But the problem there is getting people to actually commit that amount of time when they've got all these other cool things they could be doing at this little mini con. So Maybe against the Atomic Overlord, we'll make it over to GaryCon instead. And that way there's, you know, less actual DCC to compete with. You have to just book it as a 12-hour game so they spend the whole day, No, I think. I mean, you don't have to game no. for 12 hours. You could just... <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? You could be... You could just... Yeah, anyway. Or I could do, like, every morning at the same exact time for three days in a row. Or you could book it as a 24-hour session. I am not Arimati. <laughs> or we could just do an actual, pl- a 48-hour actual play, Jen. That's yes, what I... That's, so, Haley, Jen can run it. Haley, um, what do you think about the idea of uh, having Keith on as, as a guest in the future? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> I'd love it if she was like, absolutely not. Nope. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, Vito. That guy's a I, jerk. <laughs> I know I don't have a lot of power here, but no. <laughs> Nothing but love for the Yeti. <laughs> of course. All right, but yeah, Kojo, we could use those extra luck points, so uh, kick them on over. Next. All right, Julian. Well, this one comes from our uh, favorite composer, Mr. John Williams. Uh, and I, I should say we've gotten some interesting uh, emails uh, about uh, Judge John's um, uh, 60 Minutes email to us in our, was it our last episode or the one before that? It was the last sure. one. It was the last one, <laughs> um, including from John. And he was a, he was a good sport, and uh, I appreciate uh, him being a good sport. Um, and we also got some interesting other feedback. So thanks, everybody, for your thoughts on that. Uh for those who didn't listen to that yet for some reason, he was talking about, hey, where are you going with this podcast? And are you the 60 Minutes? Or are you the morning show? And that kind of stuff. So anyway, it was a good uh, good discussion. But, but asking us if we're actually going to talk about Dungeon Crawl Classics. Right. Well, maybe one day. 
But um, <laughs> and then, and then he's just going to keep having guests. And then he sends us this email, which is sort of ironic. But um, anyway, John, Judge John writes us. One thing that I've seen come up is the heavy metal aesthetic of DCC RPG. Are any of you metalheads? Well, yes, I am. Have you listened to any metal? Yes, I have. If not, would you consider listening to metal to get more in touch with a DCC vibe or inspiration? Should there be an Appendix M for inspirational music in the hobby? Um, that's an interesting question. I'm definitely kind of a... I mean, I love all kinds of different music, so it's hard for me. I wouldn't say I'm like primarily a metal guy, but I do listen to a lot of metal, and I had a sort of rebirth of doom and sludge and various metal. And then there was, on G+, we had a whole DCC music group, right? So that mm-hmm. was yeah. very... Um, which was, and there's one on Miwi as well. Oh, there's one on Miwi. It's pretty... It's slowly... It's It has been slowly dying, and now it's kind of in slowly died territory. But I picked up over the years a lot of great music on both of those groups and Absolutely. had a great time. Somebody put together a playlist in Spotify, I think. It was uh, Dieter, right? Most of the selections from that G Plus group. Yeah, every oh. single recommendation from the entire thing was and put into this one, like, yeah. 40 month playlist. <laughs> Oh my wow. god! It just resurfaced on the Facebook group because someone said, "Hey, I put together the Spotify list of all this stuff that I thought would be cool to have, you know, either while you're creating DCC stuff or running it." And this person popped up with, "Well, hey, I put this together based on this G plus thing," and I mean, you could just see like two thousand jaws dropping. Like, mm-hmm. holy crap! That's so, that's pretty epic. We're going to have to dig up that link and put it in the show notes because yeah. it's pretty epic. But then there's also Dieter's uh, one that he had done where he got a lot of Goodman folks to throw suggestions out there, too. Oh, God. So blend yeah. all of those. Yeah. And also four years ago, I put one together that I still occasionally add things to. Um, and I would be happy to share that link with you, Julian, so you can put that in the show notes. Yeah, certainly. But it's got about 300 songs on there. Certainly. It's a 24-hour playlist. Yeah, Is it metal? Yeah. Eventually, oh, we're going to have to put together a playlist of all of the recommendations and inspirations that we've come up with from uh, Sanctum as well. From each episode has a collection. So maybe we should just compile all of that, too. It's funny because yeah. to me, gaming music is, I, I think of a lot of 80s music, not just metal, <laughs> but, you know, stuff that I playing. listened to when I was playing D&D when I was a kid. And is is to me more gaming music than than metal, you know, that I didn't listen to at that time, even if it's that old or not that old. So I, I don't know. You know, it's, uh, I think everybody probably has a, it imprinted on their mind in, a, in a, their own way. I am really curious to hear Haley's take. <laughs> um, I, when I played basketball, I was, I was a metalhead. Pre-game, metal went in, bus ride there. Um, different kind of gaming, but I am a classic rock kind of person. So that's usually what I like to listen Wait, to, that or alt-rock. Crap, for you, classic rock is going to be the 90s. Oh, hell. <laughs> <laughs> classic rock, I, I got to think about like what I... Like stuff from the from 2012. You know, like Blink-182. <laughs> like when I was or, a kid, uh... so from like 2005, like when I was really little. Oh, hell. <laughs> <laughs> when I was three, yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I see how you feel now. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's for me, it's rock, a little bit of metal. That's my usual alt music. 
I, yeah, that's my, that's my playlist. And then, and then there's the music from when your dad was young, like Stravinsky and uh, <laughs> Muddy okay, Waters. The show, the show and, tunes. Yeah, you know. From, yeah, well, Vivaldi. no. Yeah. yeah. They, they didn't invent, <laughs> they hadn't invented shows yet, but. Um. <laughs> For me, it's all about Blood Ceremony. If you haven't heard the band Blood Ceremony, I love them. And like, they are so DCC to me. That's fair. Uh, Highly recommend that band. Uh, Dope Lord. I'll just say that's the the thing that I've been listening to nonstop. There are a lot of doom bands that have just the worst names, right? But they're pretty great anyway. Weed Pecker is another one. I'll mm. I'll stick with Saint Karloff since they've got the song named Spellburn based wow, on us. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure, and and Glitter Wizard, right? Uh, since they oh, are uh, well, yeah, that one that. That's just going to be near and dear. Yeah. And Jen, what are the lyrics of the song again? Oh, God. Uh, About the monkeys on the windshield or something? Yeah. (laughs) So that's Jeff. That's the reference to Jeff. Where's the the part about me? (laughs) We're not getting very far on these emails. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe we should have stuck to the minute. I might have been wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Too late now. All right. Well. Next up, we have an email from Mitch Moore, and he says, I know this isn't your usual fare for email to read on the show, but I'm stumped. I posted this to Reddit, and then he included a link, which is of the image on page 35 of the DCC core book, where there is a woman chained to a monolith, and there are a bunch of tribal folk who are per- doing some kind of a ceremony in front of her. It's a uh, 55. Yeah, oh, I was going to say yeah. 35. That's the thief. Um, yeah. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> 55, 55. Um, so it's the, it's the splash page right after the dwarf uh, table. I want to know if you know the artist who illustrated this. Again, I know it's weird, but I don't see a signature, and I've heard a lot of comments shot the DCC artwork on the show... Probably about. Okay, yeah. I've heard a lot of comments about the DCC artwork on the show, so I thought all of you might know. Love the show. Thanks, Mitch Moore. So you guys know who that is? Yeah, we we I tracked it down for him, and I answered it back to this guy like three months ago. But, but um, I'll leave it. Drum roll, please. It is um, Mike Wilson was his name. I had to go to, yes, I had to go to, well, I mean, is, well, he might have changed his name, but I had to go to Mr. Kovacs to uh, dig it up. And he did some other pieces. He's a great artist. He has some really cool stuff in there. That's not the only one. And I'll uh, I'll post his uh, site in the show notes because he's got some really neat art, Uh, a lot of comic book stuff, uh, you know, superhero-ish stuff. Uh, I would love to see more of this guy's stuff in DCC work. I can't think of stuff outside the core book where i've seen it all right Haley, we've got a hefty one for you here yeah a lot of reading to do with this one uh from john <laughs> williams the emerald enchanter plus emerald enchanter returns why emerald golems emerald mecha robot emerald everything so mm. this is his recommendations for one of our adventure deep dives um julian you're usually the one producing um those episodes what are your thoughts on doing an emerald an emerald enchanter <laughs> emerald enchanter returns double feature deep dive i think uh i'm totally down for that i think that's a great idea i think uh 
you know, who is overdue for a return. And we just have to like, actually it might be easier to accomplish this in the COVID era and get the dark master on the show. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe, uh, yeah, that's it, a, that's a pretty good happen. idea. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's a, I think it's a, the adventure is a strong candidate and, uh, you know, that guy could come back. Yeah, that would be all right. <laughs> all right, Jen, do you want to grab this next one? I would love to. And I'm actually kind of excited to follow up with uh, something of my own right after this. Uh, this comes from Conrad. It says, Dear Spellburn crew, the German edition of DCC is out since December of 2019. And I'm really starting to get into it now, gathering people to play with, a.k.a. converting heretics. The German publishers, System Matters, made a call for a fanzine contest, which I think is great to fill the German-speaking RPG scene with some of that DIY spirit that's particularly strong in the DCC community, as it appears. Also, earnings from zines sold through that contest will go to a public anti-racism fund, which is an extra motivator. For a zine contribution of my own, I would love to stat out the ideas that Harley Stroh and Judges Jim, Job, and Jeffrey were throwing around for the wooden shrine of the Blood Father in Spellburn Episode 7. My question is how to best go about asking those involved if building on these spontaneous ideas for a nonprofit zine project was okay. I thought I'd start with asking the Spellburning podcast crew of the present age, just having listened to your recent episode, number 99. Hey, that, that's not quite as far back. It seems that Mr. Stroh keeps somewhat close to the orbit of your show anyway. It would be fun to bring an old school Spellburn classic to the new German speaking DCC's scene. I'm sending greetings from over the big pond and lots of still freshly ignited DCC love from Berlin. Okay, Conrad, um, I, I think, well, you guys go ahead and address that one first. What do you guys, how do you feel about that well, one? I think we should put Haley in charge of contacting all these other people and getting their permission. I could just, hmm. I could just text Harley. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I, I actually told, uh, I think I responded way back in the day, and I, I said to him, "Go for it." Um, I, I'll say, I'll read my response. I don't think you should have any issues using using those ideas. The key thing would be to fully credit them to the particular people and episode. They're out in the wild of podcast verse. So anyone could pick them up and file the numbers off anyway. That's what I would do, which is what I just steal it and not say anything and file the numbers off. <clears throat> uh, but especially if you're just picking up some inspiring ideas for from a discussion, you are hardly plagiarizing a written work. Um, so that's what I advised him. Um, and I don't think his zine has come out yet. But, um, but Conrad, if you're listening to us, and I, I think he is a regular... Uh, listener, then uh, why don't you shoot us an email and tell us about it uh, or link it to us or send us a copy or whatever. Yeah, we would love to see that. Yeah, would absolutely love to. So tangentially speaking, um, this is one of the goodies from the German issue is a magnetized folder that has Shanna on the cover. Ooh. And you can see the little System Matters logo on the back there. I'm playing a little show-and-tell listener, sorry. On the inside, you have Ooh. some uh, charts that are written in German. <laughs> I want to get that. And um, <laughs> Christmas list. Uh, you you <laughs> wait for the one that I had, the set that I had ordered for the Order of Shanna, and you get one, Haley. Ooh. I said, wait, yeah, I'm excited. There, are, there are Shanna <laughs> folders. Okay, can I order, like, <laughs> six of these? <laughs> 
Is it, um, is it true that what? German is just like you add syllables to English and like we could Dungan and Kral and Klassiken could probably I mean, be? I mean, <laughs> as someone who's lived in a German household, German gets very angry and random very quickly. I, mm. <laughs> I mean, weapons are Waffen. Hmm. Okay. Uh, See. And if it were French, we'd be adding just as many letters, but you wouldn't be adding any syllables. <laughs> There'd right. be a lot of silence and as opposed to and, Gaelic, <laughs> yes. Yes. Currency is uh, Munzen. Uh, munition is kind of you know you, you can figure that one out. Um, uh, yeah, I can't pronounce half the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite German is Das Flippe ist ausgeflippt. Okay. Which means pinball is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very useful. It's very useful. The German das I know Lipa is... Das ausgeflippt. Yeah. German I know is very different. My German was what was yelled at me as a child. Uh-huh. So, you know, genug, enough. Uh, hold and schnabel. Shut your beak. Um, <laughs> Shut your beak. Oh, my yeah. God. Halt and Schnabel. Very, very useful. Mm. If anyone ever wants to use that. Shut your beak. Shut awesome. your beak. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Might have to ambush Sketch the Elder with that at some point. That would be, uh... If you walk up to him and say, good, he might look at you a little shocked because that was his go to when we were kids because he could yell at us in English, we wouldn't listen, but you bring the German out and. There's a, there's a reaction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's You're going to have to send us a, a syllabic guide to that. <laughs> send it to us in phonetics. How to train Judge Haley. Just start using German and she'll respond really well. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, that, Amazing. That, that's not something you want to give away, Haley. <laughs> <laughs> it's like giving away my true name, you know? It's too much power over me. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll edit all that out. <laughs> <laughs> um all right julian yeah well thanks conrad so send us uh send us that zine when it comes up please um all right and here we go judge john uh judge john williams asks and i struggle i read i did my homework i read this and i have no better answer like an hour later than i did <laughs> than i do now this is a cool question oh, a lot boy. of cool answers possible so judge john writes us if you could take one RPG back in a time machine and claim slash publish it as your own game, which year would you go to and what game would you take? Second question, how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood using different RPG systems? Well, the problem is the black hex usage die, chuck die, versus the you know, the the chuck tracking in most OSR systems gets kind of out of whack. Um, so you have to be careful. This is a pretty interesting question, and a lot of it has to do with the sneaky second clause about which year would you go to, right? Well, it's actually, it's, it's, yes, because you're stealing a game. Three facets, yeah. And you're taking it back. Yeah. And then you're asking woodchucks how much chuck <laughs> they can wood? Wait, what is this again? <laughs> <laughs> well, that they would get. That's the only, like, if you showed up with, you know... Numenara in 1962, you know, they would, um, they'd be like, I've heard this woodchuck thing, but I think you're going to have to go to the mental hospital. (laughs) So would bunnies and burrows be a better recommendation for the 60s? Maybe. Um, Yeah, I can't even, I mean, they had war, I mean, the closer it is to the war games origins than, you know, pre-74, I guess, you know, that would make it would sort of make sense to people. 
vaguely. But I mean, what you know, there's no reason you couldn't have played RPGs in the 30s and 40s, is there? There's not, but I also feel like, and this is where I'm going to become a little bit of an amateur historian nerd here. I, I, I feel like if, if, for example, I were to take a like a, a current like OSR rule set, like let's say I were, I were to go ahead and like take the black hack and say that my answer is I'm going to take the black hack and go back to 1973, a year before White Box, and and claim this as my own. I could, but I also feel like the reason why this game caught fire the way it did was the fact that it came out of this wargaming world and this specific world was like so involved in like what they were interested in. And then this like new and exciting thing, because most of these wargamers were also like big uh, fantasy and science fiction nerds too. So you now introduce this like new idea to wargaming. And like there was something really kind of elemental that happened there. And since that, RPGs have become varying very different very different things to many people but i feel like it is what it is today because of where it came from yeah it's no i i get your point i mean it's hard it's such an organic growth out of its time and place and specific nerdery you know it's it's really hard to imagine going to pre-74 right i all my original conjectures were like what if I took Powered by the Apocalypse back to the 90s, you know? Mm, yeah, yeah. And like I would have driven White Wolf out of business, which, eh, <laughs> you know. Um, take the, but, uh, what was, Tales of Equestria or something? Take the little, My Little Pony one back to 1986. Oh, right, right. Oh, gosh, I, I can't, uh, I mean. But it would have countered the, the anti-D&D culture right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. And... Mm all the little girls were playing with My Little Ponies. Or so I was told. I was a tomboy. I didn't have My Little Pony. (laughs) You know, so selfishly, so selfishly, I know it's going to sound kind of strange, but my only smart answer to this, which is probably not that smart, is um, I would take like Castles and Crusades or DCC to 1999 and I would try to destroy third edition with a better, easier, simpler, more fun game. And, um, that, that's my, you know, that's my win. It's kind of cheap, but, um, that's all I got. That's an actual kind of semi-serious answer. I feel like I would want to take monster hearts and bring that to right before Vampire the Masquerade exploded. Mm. Um, and I think that could be really fun. An answer for number two, probably, that would be less um, problematic than my original answer to question one. Um, and I'm just going to say two chords. <laughs> I don't get it. How much wood? <laughs> oh! <laughs> Also, and I apologize if I'm being pedantic, but like John Williams was complaining that we don't spend enough time talking about DCC RPG, <laughs> and here's his email asking us to talk about things other than DCC RPG. Sorry, John Williams, I love you. I, I apologize, but like, ah, ah! well, I, I think <laughs> I don't get it. No, I think he was, and I think in his other email to us, he was he thought maybe we were taking him a little too seriously because he is not always that serious, yeah, right? So, possibly, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can be very literal. <laughs> yes. There's a reason why Anya is my favorite Buffy character. Oh, no, no comment. 
Okay, so next email comes in from Corey Welsh. Hi, I just wanted to drop you a note. I was so stoked to hear the original intro and hear the line with Jeffrey. Uh, You all, as usual, rock. I hope to get some time to immerse myself fully into the recording soon, but kudos on your kick-assitude. Take care, Corey. Corey is such a sweetheart. And that was awesome having Judge Jeffrey on. I'm I'm stoked that that he was willing to sit through <laughs> and suffer with us on that one. Hey, that was that was fun, and I would love to get some other alumni on the show. That could be fun, or maybe yeah. we just give them the podcast for a session. You know, just maybe we a, can have them run it. Yeah, if it's another life play. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I think I'd like to have Jeff run it because if sure. it's a podcast if it let me rephrase that if it's a play test uh when you glance at it before running it you're gonna already identify all the problematic things and you'll be asking all of your questions like what's this made of and it <laughs> i like it <laughs> all right Haley, we got another one in here yeah nice long one uh judge mike says howet glorious judges uh Here's a scenario that came up in our game this week, and I wondered how you'd handle it. We have a wizard with a guardian-type familiar, a badger, who proved to be one of the best fighters in the party. In the last game, a giant crab spider dropped onto our warrior, took a surprise attack, and then we went to initiative. The warrior went first but missed. The wizard shot an arrow into melee, as always wizards do, uh, but only nailed the warrior. The badger, however leapt in with characteristic ferocity, nearly killing the spider. Then the spider went. Since the badger seemed to be the only competent threat, he bit him and hit. Uh, the badger failed its fort save by quite a bit, taking well more than nine the nine hit points it took to kill him. Per find familiar, the wizard takes twice the familiar's hit points and damage immediately and permanently when a familiar dies. That's 18 points permanently. His total HP was 12, even with the familiar. Blame his stamina and some unfortunate rolls. So the wizard's new maximum HP was negative 6 or 0, since this is DCC. Uh, Dead either way. I used rules as I read them, and the wizard was dead and nothing could save him. Lay on hands and restore him to his maximum. Uh, That's still dead. Roll the body. Turned out he wasn't quite dead, but he had... No, he can't have more than zero hit points. <laughs> he was a fragile fragile guy propped up by that familiar, and the familiar was dead. The player took it in stride in our true OSR style. Uh, his apprentice stepped up to avenge his master. The party said a few words, buried their beloved party member, and left the wizard's corpse for the wolves. <laughs> <laughs> but they will sure miss the badger. Oh my so my question is, would you handle the situation differently? <laughs> Oh, I think man. you handled it perfectly. Leave him for the wolves. Leave wrapped him, up. Leave him for someone else to animate. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And, and use against the party. They'll they'll encounter the wizard later. Yeah, the badger's toast, but um, <laughs> why can't they encounter the reanimated wizard and the and reanimated the badger. badger? Well, the badger yeah. was buried. Why why yeah. can't you come back at one at a total of one maximum hit point as a badger man? <laughs> I, I like this a lot. I, I I think it's great the way that you ruled it. It is not how I would have ruled it. Um, I personally feel like, you know, you, you have a minimum of one hit point per level. 
that you get as you level up, even if you have a negative stamina modifier. So personally, I would I would not have gone below that minimum. Um, that's just me, but I, th- I think it's great that you made your call, and I think it's great that your that your party rolled with it. Um, but it's not how I would have done it. Um, since it's a familiar, it, it's more than just a trade good, like your pack mule or something. So I would have given them the chance to lay on hands or roll over the badger, if it was that I'm, important to the party. I would have just called it dead's dead. <laughs> Again, that's me being horribly brutal, but... I, I mean, love Haley, Haley would have just said, shut your beacon stuffer. We, or whatever, you know. <laughs> there's Hold no the stopple, everything is dead. There's no rule about, you know, how many hit points the familiar takes if the wizard dies. So mm. maybe the uh, the soak went over to the wizard instead or vice versa. You know. um, essentially, maybe the, the familiar survives and the wizard still takes all those hit points and bites it. And then he can play the badger. Just an idea. And Julian, we haven't heard your thoughts. The first thing, for some reason, I think my old college buddies have been emailing me lately and texting me. And the first thing I think of is my old buddy, Carlos, who played Bedlam Havoc, the evoker. And I can imagine him and Jolt in the corner looking around at the whoever unfortunate was playing the wizard and going, all we have to do is kill the badger. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, there's a lot of ways that this could play out, but um, I think the way that he ran with it is, it it depends on the, you know, scenario. Like if you're at a con game, I wouldn't do that. Um, I probably wouldn't even remember the rule and it wouldn't really happen. But, um, but in a campaign, you know, the, I, the telling thing in here for me is that he says his apprentice was right there and then he, the apprentice became the da, 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 da. And then it's like, oh, okay, the apprentice was mm-hmm. right there. So if it's a campaign where there's, you know, guys are shuffling on and off stage, you know what, go with the rules and, and live with the rules. And, you know, yeah, I mean, read the rules and know you have to friggin' guard your familiar with your life. It's, that's totally okay. Um, you know, if it's a con game and it's our, you know, it's the end of our one, you know, I'm going to probably just give him a pass and but you know give him 1d4 hit points above zero Wait, and no familiar so you're going to be harsher in the campaign play <laughs> than you will be in the in the one shot play yeah because in because neither the boon <laughs> nor the harshness really matters that much in that con game okay you know, so the true. so yeah. Yeah, so the the fact that you're being a little over generous in the con game is really neither here nor there. It's not, it's not a campaign to imbalance. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, the, no. I'm, there's I'm, no I'm, real I'm, consequences in a con game. You're right. Well, I, t- I tried mm-hmm. it when it, it, the mini con games I run this year. I I actually got more upfront with people and said, the chances you're going to die in the first three hours are very minimal. The chances you're going to die in the last hour are pretty high. So, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> Well, yeah, that way they they haven't paid for a seat at a table for 30 minutes. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Jen. Uh, This one comes from Trevor. Hi, judges, Jen, Julian, and Jeff. I'll let you decide which order those are in. I suck at email. Judge Jen had suggested I drop you all a line, and it's taken me over a week to draft this one, and it's already been rendered obsolete twice. I had crafting... I'd been crafting the perfect email 
starting out by extolling your virtues, praising the show, and showering you with accolades and flattery, but I guess I don't have to do that anymore. Excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) You already know everything I was going to say about our upcoming RPG Alliance Virtual Con 2020, which was in November, uh, as I had imposed upon each of you individually with my begging to come and run a game for us. Ashamedly, I had offered nothing more than our thanks, and you've all been very gracious. Then Julian said you've already plugged us on the show. Thanks for that surprise. Much appreciated. So then I was going to pitch our phenomenal founder, Vicky, as a guest for your show, but Jeff beat me to it by inviting her onto the Appendix M podcast. Nice, Jeff. And she was a fantastic <laughs> guest. Check it out. Vicky, L- Vicky Lalonde. Which, uh, what did you guys do for that episode? She actually discussed Edgar Rice Burroughs' Back to the Stone Age with us oh. uh, because she's a huge Edgar Rice Burroughs fan and actually runs an Edgar Rice Burroughs RPG group on Facebook. Interesting. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. I'm kidding. So I had scrapped most of what I had written and we'll just leave you with the fan mail bit. Spellburn is the podcast that dragged me into the world of podcasts. I think it was number 93. And it's been entertaining and DCC informative since. I enjoyed number 100 and I'm partway through number 101. By the way, if you didn't find out since a cirque pronounced cirque that uh it's spelled c-i-r-q-u-e is pronounced cirque as in c-i-r-c is a semi-circular valley carved out by glacial erosion steep-sided at one end and usually containing a small bowl-shaped lake fed by glacial melt i laughed out loud at the flipping the dayog and i hope you bring it up at every opportunity in future games sorry jeff Best of luck on the next 100 shows. Anyway, thanks for reading and for your welcoming responses. You're all inspiring and a credit to the DCC community. And if there's a positive thing to come out of COVID, it's having had the opportunity to meet and game with awesome people like you from afar. Thanks again very much and stay safe and healthy, eh? Trevor from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So thank you for the email. Yeah, thank you, Trevor. It's a very sweet email. You guys ended up running for RPG Alliance Con, is that right? I did. I ran a couple games, and I also played in Trevor's X-Crawl game. He ran New Year's Evil, oh, cool. and uh, that was a great time. We, uh, I played, of course, I played the half-orc, uh, the half-orc, and had a blast. And by the way, I forgot to mention it before, but shout out to Corey and Crawl for the Cure. I'm going to play in the Castles and Crusades game this Saturday. Oh, the uh, Jeffrey just, Stanek Memorial yeah. Fund? Cool. Yep. And I'm playing a half-orc paladin in that game. Ooh. So that should be amusing. But anyway, sorry. But I digress. You do. <laughs> I often do, yes. Jeff, Jeff, did you end up running something for that event? No, that was right in I the middle not. of school. Yeah. Exactly. Gotcha. I had way too much going on right at that moment. If it were happening this week or next, I would have been happy to. But unfortunately, the timing of that did not work for we'll me. We'll just have to reconvene, yeah. Exactly. Well, I'm really looking forward to JeffCon in a couple weeks, right? That you're yeah, put, let's make you're this happen. Together. Yeah, let's do it. All right, more to come. 24 hours, right? 24 hours a day, seven days a week for six weeks. Uh, You Um, you can nap when you're done. Too much? (laughs) (laughs) Seems easy. That seems easy, right? Including (laughs) including Judge Jen's 24-7 Atomic Overlord game. That's going to be hot. If if it takes you that long to get through the adventure, you deserve anything that you get. (laughs) Fair, fair. She's going to make you roll to get through each letter of of the module. Each page, <laughs> dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Julian, next up. All right, uh, Judge Mathieu. Hello, Spellburners. It's always great to listen to your podcast. I've been reading 
my proofreading PDF copy of Empire of the East and was wondering if it would be possible to do an episode on the setting. Check. <laughs> uh, maybe an interview with Jason Vay. Check. Some discussion <laughs> on the differences between classic DCC and Empire of the East. Yep. And also, I'm looking forward to some news on possible upcoming adventures for this setting, which that's an interesting question. Looking forward to the next episode, Judge Mathieu. And uh, yeah, well, I'm glad. I'm happy to say that that's at least the second request uh, in our pile for that. And we checked it off last episode. Do, are there any? Do you know of any like standalone stuff outside the the book or box set, Jen? Not at this point. Um, but please keep in mind that I am very low on the food chain. So this was not the question. The question was, are there any upcoming adventures for this setting? But taking this question, I would love to change and, and, and add to this question and ask what setting you guys would like to see made available in Dungeon Crawl Classics. And don't even worry about like whether or not it's reasonable to get the license or not. Like If you had just complete control, what setting would you want to have? Hmm. Are you asking that of us right now? Yes. <laughs> You're a dork. Uh- <laughs> I mean, mine's obviously Elric. Like, I, I, I want DCC Elric to happen, like, yesterday. Hmm. I might go with um, the King Cull setting. I just had read uh, the various Cull stories and enjoyed them a lot. But the other one would be World of Tears, the Farmer's World of Tears. Ooh. I'd also like to see DCC He-Man. No, I'm out. DCC Masters of the Universe. No, uh, you know, uh, Reed uh, Sanfilippo did that in one of the Crawling Under the Broken Moon. He At least he did the um, the He-Man character, Ethereal Knight or something like that. Oh, cool. Yeah, and then it had like some of the cheesy... Via- well, you know, he's a giant He-Man. He had the castle old skull and everything, right? The the, the great castle, mm-hmm. modified castle gray skull dice tower That's thing so that cool. he had. Yeah, it really is. So, that, yeah. Like- the Ookla rendition, yeah. Speaking of He-Man, and this is totally, like, I, this is just like me following a rabbit trail in my brain, but um, I forgot that we, um, through a series of random encounters in my last old school um, old school essentials game, um, the characters have now found a flying vehicle, and I just do a quick, couple of quick Google searches. I found an old He-Man toy that I've now, I now screen shared with them, and, like, that is, like, the flying vehicle they found. <laughs> of course it so is. So it's just, like... <laughs> It's this like He-Man toy that's got like these like it's a flying vehicle with these like two evil red eyes and like these kind of like blades around the side of it that like whirl around like a chainsaw as it goes flying. It's pretty cool. Mine, <laughs> mine would be cheesy. I, Lankmar, I I've been reading it and I love it. It's already been done, but it is just I am so in love with Lankmar. So you 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 heard it here first. Judge Haley says redo Lankmar. But do it right. Strike strike one. (laughs) Back to the drawing board. Start over. I'm waiting for more information to come out on the land of Klesh, the kingdom of Klesh, rather. Uh, Quarmall. Yeah, I'm really itching for an expansion to the areas. You know, we have a little bit of the land of eight cities, and we've got like one that touches on Ilthmar. I would really like to see something in depth on the other lands. You know, the empire, not the empire yeah. base, but the eastern lands, and you know, give us a little bit more with the uh, the Nemonian ghouls. Even what about touched by an angel? Mm. Um, that's <laughs> going to be a hard pass, but you could. Doctor Quinn, medicine woman. 
Um, I think you'd get better traction with um, Baywatch. Okay. Um, <laughs> Perfect. The, the crown. The crown. <laughs> the crown. Yeah, there's, yes. a, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of monsters and um, crazy people. So. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, we have time for one more email, which is going to put us at only two months behind in our emails. No way. So significantly better than the five months behind that we were when this episode started. True. <laughs> but it means we should probably have another email episode soon. But uh, this nope, next taken. one is from <laughs> from Trevor. Uh, Trevor says, hey, judges, thanks for mentioning our RPG Alliance con on your latest Spellburn. Much appreciated. Fun show as usual. One small correction, though. We're a little north and west of Albany, out of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Actually, only about a 37-hour drive, according to Google. Wait. What? Did I say that wrong? No, um, I think what happened last time is when I mentioned it back in September or whatever, I said Albany, and it's really Alberta, which is why I read oh, it correctly oh. this time. <laughs> One small correction, there were actually a little north and west of Albany, yeah. out of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Yeah. Actually, only about a 37-hour drive away, according to Google Maps, but practically just over the border, winky face. <laughs> Hopefully, you don't hold that against us, even though Canada does get blamed for burning down your White House back in 1814. Sorry about that, A, but it was really the British who did it. And Chris's letter about using <laughs> virtual tabletops resonated. I got into Roll20 earlier this year and am increasingly finding it a drag when running a game in a con setting. This was confirmed after my latest game, which I think was a bit of a disaster on my end. It dragged for the usual reasons of using the tool rather than playing the game. Going forward, I'm seriously consider go considering going to Zoom real dice, and maybe a whiteboard, a combo that worked well in virtual games that I've enjoyed the most, especially ones with Julian's drawings. Hmm. Thanks again, all. Stay safe and healthy, and I'll catch you on the next show or con, Trevor. Now, Haley, I saw you nodding vigorously mm -hmm. while he was <laughs> speaking the ills of uh, table of, of Roll20. Tell us your thoughts. I The reason I am not a fan of Roll20 is tournaments. Mm-hmm. When I am running tournaments for for cons, obviously, that is the most stressful part. I can run a tournament adventure a hundred times over, fine, keeping with the rules that we have to follow. You put me on rule 20, and then I feel so stressed and rushed, and like I'm holding the players back. Like they are ready to move on, and I'm like, oh, hold on, I have to move you all to a new page, and then I have to get, get rid of the dynamic lighting and move you here and rename your tokens and assign that. And I just feel like I'm yeah. wasting their precious time, especially in the oh, tournament. Jen, you played yeah. the other side of the tournament, you yeah, know. Yeah, I was on. Uh, I was. I was on the team your dad was running. That oh, that God. day that you both <laughs> dropped. <laughs> oh yeah, that was. Oh. That that was another yeah stellar yeah. stellar moment in online gaming which you know yeah. couldn't be avoided and it was all good the minute i yeah. went into the main channel on uh discord i went um help mark yeah we mark immediately were right like there and we're like mark help yeah <laughs> so yeah. but yeah in the tournaments you have x amount of time to do this stuff and if you're sitting at a table that's great you know anytime yeah. that the players waste by goofing off or whatever that's yeah, on that's the players. On them. Yeah, so I don't, I, I, <laughs> I don't fancy that job one bit. <laughs> yeah, that's why, like in Blades Against Bandwidth, we do Zoom screen, real dice, mm -hmm. and I love it. It may, it's, it's like you're at a table, but you put roll twenty in there, and it is, 
oh, sorry, I had the wrong slash, or I put the R before the slash. And for when yeah. you're, it's yeah, yeah. So I personally am not a fan of Roll Twenty for those reasons. <laughs> now, in more laid back play, like our Shutter Mountains game, I mean, yeah. Andy Markham has this thing with all the bells and whistles, all the PDFs for all of the house rules. Even when it comes time to, okay, we're going to cast Blessing, he pulls up, you know, the, the one-page PDF of that so everyone can read the results at the same time. And we can roll the dice on, at our, you know, on our own if we want instead of using the mm-hmm. roller, the onboard rolling. Um, but he uses it with such a finesse because he uses it all the time. So it doesn't yeah. feel like a chore for us when he says, well, okay, let me pull up the next map and grab everyone's tokens. Everyone said, okay, let's go. Let's play. Uh, it's still more about the story and it, the tools are there to just augment. And yeah, yeah so I, I think the not pressurized play is super important. I Even the other uh, Roll20 games that I've played in as part of a convention the GM feels very stressed because they're aware that, you know, we've signed up for this time and we can be doing something else. Yeah. 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 And specifically as Haley was saying, like with a tournament, it's like Mm -hmm. the the clock is literally ticking and like you get scored based on how much you get accomplished during that time. So I can absolutely see why from the judge's perspective, that would just be a lot of additional stress. And if you don't want to worry about, the screen share function with Zoom, you can just pull up the Google Jamboard if you need a whiteboard and invite everyone to it. That way you've, everyone's got access to do input on the map and, yeah, you still roll your own dice. How about um, Fantasy Grounds? Has anybody ever done, uh, used it? Uh, I played with it years ago. It was very cumbersome to me hmm. as a player. Um, I've heard rave reviews of that, and I think it's Foundry. Is that hmm. it? Uh, I could be mistaken on that. I've um, never, I've never done it, but the I mentioned before, I'm doing Crawling for the Cure, and the CNC game is on Fantasy Grounds. So oh, cool. I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious. Is it going to be a Roll Twenty ish type? Of, I'm assuming th- it's kind of Roll Twenty ish, but I think they'll, uh, they should contact you ahead of time. I think there's a client that you need to yeah, download. Yeah, no, I already you get a you get a you can get a demo for free as long as yeah. your GM has the, you know, the real thing type thing. Um, yeah, but I haven't, you know, experienced it. I've, I've heard just downloaded it. It's it. gorgeous if you know what you're doing. Yeah. That's the thing. It it really it's I would never ever ever run a game in Roll20. But to play with somebody who likes it and, and knows it and enjoys using it, it can be fun. It can be plenty of fun. So it's just a question of that, that person's facility for the most part. It can be. Um, but I, I would also say it kind of ensures that you stay on the rails more, you know, because once you know that the dungeon master has put that much time and effort into building out the basement hmm. of that tavern... Hmm. <laughs> then if you get a boring quest to kill the rats in it, like as a player, yeah. you're going to you're you're not going to want to say no to that because you know how much time that dude put into building that thing in Roll20. I, I will mm. add one um, little, I, not a spoiler, but maybe a, a, an appetizer. Uh, anyone who had 
exposure to the Battle Royale during uh, Bride of Cyclops Con, the one that Harley ran. Uh, oh, shoot. Slave Pits of Lost Agarda, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's talk about there being multiple shorter tables run of that with a finite player group and maybe doing a, a you know, the winning table versus the winning table sort of thing. So there might be a, a handful of events, to put it mildly. <laughs> Very exciting. To choose from there. So that means a lot of us are going to get used to Rule 20 real quick. But yeah. that map, if you're familiar with it, is not limiting in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it's very, very simple <laughs> That's to That's the only reason I'm willing to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hmm. I, I'm a sucker. I will agree to any... Harley could text me and be like, hey, can I have your kidney? And I'd be like, yes. So, <laughs> sure. Could you, like, give me two hours? Okay. Yeah, just, like, give me a quick... Let me go get some ice, and I will get you my kidney. He could have emailed me the most difficult map in the world. I would have been like... No problem, Harley. <laughs> and if she says no, just yell at her in German. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Every time it'll work, man. I'm telling you. Don't like the way I made a ruling? Say some German? All right, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> ah, crap. You never do a tournament again, woman. Das Flipper ist ausgetrieben. Yeah. All right. On that note. Well, dang, I think we have an episode... Uh, so Haley, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a blast. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed. It's about time. It's it has yes. been a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you can go ahead and send us an email at thebandatspellburn.com. If you'd like, you can send us a review or leave us a review <laughs> on iTunes. Um, we are always accepting crowdsourced bumpers. If you have any bumpers you would like to send our way, please go ahead and send those to us. You can find us in various places on the internet. Just look for us and you'll likely find us. Um, and that's our show. So thank you for listening. And hopefully we'll get to roll some dice with you all in the future. And game on. Bye, dorks. You've been listening <laughs> to Spellburn. Copyright 2017. Theme song has been graciously provided by Glitter Wizard. Learn more at glitterwizard.bandcamp.com.